0: Welcome to season four of the HSCT Warriors podcast, bringing voice to the journeys of HSCT warriors worldwide. I'm Dr. Jen Stansberry-Koenig, or Zen Jen, moderator of meaningful conversations and convener of community. I'm so grateful to all the warriors who are willing to be vulnerable and share their stories with a podcast. It's so informative and inspiring for others to hear your stories and experiences on your journey through HSCT. Thank you so much for sharing with us. It remains super important to clarify, I'm not a doctor of medicine, but of educational leadership. And so this podcast should not be considered as one that offers medical advice, but rather insight to unique personal experiences with a very significant medical procedure. So whether you are or know someone who is battling multiple sclerosis, type one diabetes, scleroderma, lupus, or any of the multiple autoimmune diseases that HSCT can halt, or are simply inspired by transformational journeys, you're in the right place. As we continue to grow the HSCT warrior community, illuminate the invisibilities of autoimmune disease, recognize the possibilities of a future free from disease progression, connect through our shared experiences, and advocate for an inclusive society, I'm so glad you've joined us. Good morning. How are you? I'm well. How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh, better now that I'm done with the flu and the shingles.
0: Oh, my goodness. Did you ever have shingles? No, thank goodness. I have not yet contracted the shingles.
1: I hope you don't.
0: Not even contract Never. it, right? It's really just it's your body reacting to some infection. Some, yeah,
1: that's what it is.
0: I want to hear about you. How are you doing two years post-transplant?
1: Yeah, I'm good. I mean you know, the shingles and the flu gave me a setback Sure. for sure. Um, like I had numbness, um, I had little things pop up, but I never once really got scared about it because I knew that it was from being sick.
0: And fear can be pro- counterproductive to healing, right?
1: Totally. Totally. So I didn't really, um, get fearful, but, um, it definitely knocked me down a notch. So I'm working on my way back up, but I, I feel good. I really don't have any MS symptoms. Amazing. Anymore. Like the worst of the worst that was kind of taking me down at the end. Um, which I thought, you know, this is it. And the doctors said, you know, you're, you're one cervical spine attack away from paralysis and a feeding tube. Um, my digestion was shot, and my cognition was shot. They wanted to. Um, there was discussion about putting me on a patch. I can't remember the name of it. I want to say Aricept, but I don't know if that's actually right. But it's a like a dementia patch, Alzheimer's patch. Wow. And he said you are definitely going. You know, working your way into early onset dementia. And. Um, now we're at two years and I definitely think my cognition is greatly improved. Wonderful. Mm. I have no digestive issues at all. Wow. I have no pain. I have no numbness. And I'm just starting to get back to like, you know, really heavily working out again.
0: That's so tremendous. Mm-hmm.
1: I would say about 90 percent of my diet is plant-based now um I actually would say probably 95 percent during the week like when I'm home is plant-based um and occasionally if I go out to eat uh, a couple weeks ago I went somewhere they had grass-fed burgers it was like a cool place and I got a grass-fed burger Mm -hmm. on a lettuce wrap um, because I was just like in the mood for it. Yeah. And so that's how I roll with that. But I would say the majority of my diet at this point is plant-based and I'm working with a functional medicine doctor. Um, not as, not as like, she's not my personal doctor, although she does help me. Um, but in her practice and so she's vegan. So it's really, um, I've learned, you know, more, more, ways of cooking and so i also work with a nutritionist um who's a friend of mine and she's part uh she's the consulting nutritionist for our practice and she's a vegan and she has a health food store with a vegan cafe yeah. and so i'm learning all these things and I'm getting to try different flavors and sweets. Oh, so, it's, so it's expanded my world of plant-based so I made so it more great. exciting. Yeah. Well,
0: because people think, Oh, salad, how can I eat a salad every day? But it's so much more than that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you feel better. So you're, are, I do. You are restoring your gut. I do feel good. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I take a, uh, you know, pharmaceutical grade, high grade, uh, probiotic. And I'm back to like supplements. I'm taking a D D three with K and, fish oils and lysine and well I started lysine after the shingles and um I take medicinal mushroom capsules and I put medicinal mushrooms in my coffee so I I feel like good wonderful so medicinal mushrooms have a really big place in health and wellness now Mm -hmm. and there's so much science behind them. And you know, mushrooms are like the detoxifier of the forest. And when you think about that, they kind of do the same thing in our body. Right. So there's specific ones that are extremely good, like chaga, turkey tail, um, maitake, lion's mane, lion's mane cordyceps, yeah. um <clears throat> shiitake. So I have different ones. I have one that's like a maitake, shiitake mix. And then I take powders. Those are capsules. And I also have, uh, oh, and reishi. Reishi is probably the most studied of the medicinal mushroom for health. And so I take the spore powder. They're mushroom capsules. So it's just dried up reishi mushroom because some of the mushrooms you can eat um, and cook with And some of them you can't, like a reishi mushroom, you would not cook with, or chaga, you wouldn't cook with, like, the taste is very bitter, and so you wouldn't do that. So those are in a powdered form or a capsule form. And so I have those. In fact, when I got sick, I was taking one every waking hour for the first couple days. Wow! And then I used um, a cordyceps, a dried cordyceps powder in my coffee in the morning, and I also used one called Five Defenders. So it's reishi, turkey tail, chaga, maitake, And I want to say, I think it's shiitake. I'd have to look. But, um, and I also cook with a lot of mushrooms too. So, you know, the, the medicinal mushroom factor is they're antimicrobial, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammatory. They balance blood sugar. They balance your hormone levels. They help to do all these things in the body and clean out the systems and so I've really gotten into them. And I think that there is definitely something to be said about it. Yeah. I know because when my daughter came home for Thanksgiving, actually, um, she got home, she was home for a week at Thanksgiving. And she came home and like the day after she got really, really sick. She had a horrible, horrible cold, like couldn't breathe, coughing, just not a flu, but just a really bad cold, no fever. But... um We put her on medicinal mushrooms every waking hour for the first two days. And she um, increased her fish oil to, I think, two or three capsules a day and was taking high dose vitamin D with K. And in 48 hours, she was completely normal. Amazing. And she didn't get any other medications. So that's
0: powerful. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's great. My body
0: rejects. The fungus. I don't know what it is yet, and maybe I'm just still detoxing, right?
1: Maybe that's a possibility. That's why I kind of would love to know where my metal levels are, my gadolinium levels, mm-hmm. because I use a lot of cilantro and parsley, and those are huge detoxifiers. Um, parsley very anti-inflammatory, and cilantro is a um, removes heavy metals from the body. Yeah, draws them out. So. I eat a lot of that. I'm always oh, chopping I up it. those
0: herbs. Yeah, I love um,
1: always. They're always in my glass and water and in my fridge. And so I use a lot of that. And I've been taking the mushroom supplements and powders for a while. So I'd be curious to know kind of what's happening there. Sure. And I did a liver cleanse recently. Your um, work, we did a liver detox and cleanse. So, and also being so plant-based um, and doing a lot of turmeric and spices. Sure. And I just wonder over this time period, if, that, you know, where my body stands on the metal level.
0: I'm hopeful that you don't have that you don't carry a heavy burden.
1: Yes, I hope so. I mean, I remember many years ago, back in 2005, the first time I ever saw like a functional medicine, holistic practitioner, I went to New York and was treating with a great doctor. And we did a lot of heavy metal testing and my metals were off the charts. In fact, my tin level was the highest, which was interesting Very interesting. And we did chelation therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he put me, you know, completely revamped my diet and foods. That was the first time that I actually went ever heard of paleo. And he had put me on a very restrictive paleo. Um, I lost a ton of weight very fast. And started to just feel like a totally different person. And um, that was the first time I really started. I had been, since I had been diagnosed with, with MS, I had been really good about cleaning out chemicals and, and really doing a lot of research and trying to eat well. But still, I think by then still having a, a great deal of processed food. I was only three years into my MS diagnosis at that time. Um, so it was a great introduction into another way of eating and learning about health and wellness and cleaning out my system and how the mind and body are connected. Mm, um, so, connected. and so that was, that was my first big introduction to it. And it was that that really launched me on this journey of wellness for the last, you know, 14 years, 15 years. Yeah. So that? grateful.
0: In but a way. it ended
1: up becoming my life, you know, my life's work.
0: Sure. Yeah. Well, it's grateful in a way. To have the diagnosis, right, because it does sure propel course. you in a different direction. Hundred percent. So, what have you been up to the last few months in terms of work and even recovery? Like you mentioned, shingles and the flu. I did. Was yes, horrendous.
1: <clears throat> yes, I got this. I got the shingles December fifth. Um. And they lasted until just, you know, about two weeks ago. Is, well, not even, I would say within the last week is really when the nerve pain stopped. I still have some mild itching, even though there's no rash. There hasn't been a rash for a long time. Um, interesting. The whole thing about it is interesting. But um, I had gone off a Cyclovir about six months prior. Okay. So you so, extended your time on that? Oh, I did. I did um, Bert's office had told me you know at a year pretty much like no you're good you can get off of it and I was like no I said you know I'm not at the time I spoke to them it was winter you know we were about to go into winter here and I was like I said Carrie I I don't I don't feel good about that I would rather stay on it I think I handle it well and she's like well you won't really know if any of your aches and pains are from the acyclovir or not until you go off of it I said I get that but they're nothing that I can't deal with and I would rather stay on it for a while. I'm not I'm not in the mindset to deal with shingles if I'm gonna get it. Right. And so I stayed on it. She she redid the prescription and I stayed on it for a long another year pretty much. And um so I guess not quite a year, but I guess I went off of a bit about six or seven months and um feel like maybe you know, I, I wasn't, how do I say, I wasn't surprised that I got shingles because I know so many people that, that did.
0: Well, what was the antecedent? Like, were you super stressed out prior to
1: getting it or was it the flu? I think it, no, the flu came after. Oh, um, interesting. I, I know, I think that, um, I was super stressed out. I think I, I was going through a, a situation that was very stressful and I had, um, I had gone to a meeting that stressed me out a great deal and was kind of shifting something in my life that I didn't expect. And three days after that is when I got the shingles.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: So I, it was absolutely tied into that. I a hundred percent believe that stress is
0: so horrible.
1: Yeah, totally. And it can do so many things. It's just, it's crazy. So otherwise,
0: it sounds like diet and nutrition are keeping you healthy.
1: They are keeping me healthy. And I am, like I said, I'm back to, I was doing some workouts, some like minor workouts and stuff at home and really noticing shifts in my body and the way I felt. And now I'm like full force into exercise again. In fact, I just started the 5K, they um, couched a 5K challenge. So I, I'm just starting to get back on the bandwagon of trying to run a little bit. Um, And and maybe it's more of a mental component for me. It's something psychological that says, if I can get to this point and do this, it means that I am fully healed. (laughs) Wow. Well, yeah, that's powerful. So I think that's, you know, challenging myself is something that I like to do when, you know, it's just my own personal push. Is
0: it like a new year thing? Is it a...
1: Maybe, maybe it's a new...
0: Well, and wanting to just move past disease and into wellness.
1: Yes, yes, because I don't want to really think much about it anymore. Like I, I, I just kind of want to feel like I'm living a normal life without that hanging over me anymore. If that, you know, is the right thing to say, I don't know.
0: Well, especially if you're to the point where you aren't feeling any of the symptoms, right? Or experiencing any long-term damage, then yeah, right. I would want to move past that label.
1: I mean, I feel that, I, I feel very fortunate um, in my situation. I feel like my recovery went really well. I feel very lucky about it. I also worked really hard at it. I was, I really did. I worked hard at my recovery. I did everything in my power to do like, there are things that we can't control with our MS and there's things that we can control. And I always worked on that. And in my recovery, there were things I wouldn't be able to control and there would be things that I definitely could control. And I really worked hard on what I could to make myself the best I could be.
0: Sure. Can you give me some examples of those things?
1: Sure. Um, I mean, Prior to HSCT, I focused a lot on, um, I really focused a lot on food and really cleaning out myself and detoxifying myself and just allowing my body to be as pure and clean as it could to go into treatment and know that it was like all those medications and pharmaceuticals that I never took. You know, I didn't, I tried not to take those for so many years. I wanted To know that I was going in there clean and all these drugs were going to destroy my gut and they were going to do all the stuff that they were what was going to heal me. And that was how I mentally went into the game was like everything that they're giving me isn't poisoning me. It's healing me. It's going to heal me. And that's what I opened myself up to accepting And I also worked out really, really hard prior to whatever I could do. I was at the point where I couldn't run anymore or anything like that, but everything that I could do, I did to stay strong because I knew on the back end, I was going to lose that temporarily. And I did. I mean, I remember the day in um, post-transplant days where I was like, I felt like I had never, ever stepped into a gym. I'd never felt so atrophied and weak in my life. And But I was prepared mentally. And so now it was the post-healing, and I was very cautious of the foods I ate, very, because three months after I got home, I got food poisoning and ended up in the hospital for three days. I remember that. Um, And I was so violently sick that I don't even know what they medicated me with because I have no recollection of the hospital stay, Mm. which is frightening. Um, but I, somewhere in that little couple of days that I ate something from that was brought in from, uh, a restaurant and I had sworn I wasn't going to, and I ate something that I thought was safe and cooked and I got very, very sick. And so then that just shifted my perspective of, okay, I need to make all my food. I need to control what I'm eating. I need to heal my body and my gut through the foods that I eat. I made my own juices and smoothies. I would never buy that out. I soaked all my vegetables. I kept a scrub brush on my sink that scrubbed every single vegetable I ate. You know, and I had people go, well, avocados or bananas, they have skin. I go, yeah, but the second I cut through that skin, I'm introducing bacteria. And you don't understand my system can't take that bacteria. I've already proven that. So um, I kept an eye on my blood work, you know, whereas... Um, Chicago released us after like four months of the blood work. I followed with a hematologist who followed my blood work for a year. So every month I got my blood done and I knew where my counts were so that I can continue working on my, my own control of immunity, taking supplements, you know, starting to exercise and keep my body in motion. Um, I was the most avid hand washer. I had Purell all over my house. I just, people couldn't, you know, if you walked in, you had to take your shoes off. You know, I, I kept my dog's paws clean after I walked her. I kept wipes and I wiped out her paws and I back, you know, like I just kept my environment hyper clean. Um, I mean, not to the point, obviously, of being sterile, which wouldn't have helped me either, but clean enough. I mean, I have a dog, so there's going to be dirt and there's going to be bacteria, and you go outside and your clothes get, I mean, there's always some level. And but definitely that first year, I was crazy with germs. And then by the second year, I started to relax myself a little bit and not be so paranoid about the germs. I guess still was. I mean, I'm I'm still a, a total hand washer, and I always have P.R.L. But but there are things I do a little less rigid now. Um, and obviously, I don't get my blood work done as often. Um, but I definitely stay on top of things. And my food is my number one, my number one thing of healing. And even beyond healing from MS is just longevity. You know, I, I, I I suffered enough from the damages of MS and I want to live a long and healthy and active life. Mm -hmm. And I will do whatever it takes to do it, whatever it takes to get there, I will do. So I'm a huge component of what you eat is what you become. I'm also a huge component of what you say to yourself is what you believe. Mm, Right. So I have worked very hard on habit change and trying to change the beliefs that I had grown up with or the things that I believed about myself or society or anything for that matter. And know that when I go into a a place of darkness in my mind, or I I go into a place where I have all these negative thoughts. I work very hard on stopping myself. I talk to myself out loud and I'll say, okay, what are you saying? Do and do I know that to be true? Or is it just words that I'm injecting feeling and emotion into? And then I look at how much have you been on social media? You know, how much are you looking at Instagram and Facebook and, and all these outlets and how much are you talking to your friends and are you being social and making your connections? You know, what are, where are these thoughts coming from? And then I'm able to, kind of tweak them around to saying, Okay, I don't really believe that about myself. I don't really know that to be true about the situation. So change the thought and go forward it in a different way.
0: Mindfulness is such an important practice. Yeah, huge. And I mean, interesting. just in our healing, we know that. Yeah, well, it's just so interesting to be reflective. Mm-hmm. I've turned off most noise throughout the day and it's amazing how much more reflection like how much more capacity I have for that introspection and reflection
1: yeah it's a powerful thing well and
0: like you said bringing those healing messages to your body so that's what's resonating at the cellular level Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. it is a huge piece of both preparation and endurance through HSCT I think Um, right and then also in recovery. You're two plus years post-transplant. Yes. You were November, yes. right? November. 20th, I'm November 17th.
1: 6th. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Right behind you. Did you do anything for your two
1: year anniversary? I did not. I mean, just, you know, I got a couple of calls and texts from friends and family. Um, But I didn't really do anything to celebrate too much. For me, it was just like, you Know kind of a happy birthday to myself, sure. You've come, you've come a really far way. Um, and I definitely, you know, pre HSCT days like leading up to it, never Jen, never would I've imagined the trajectory my life has taken. Like, I'm like a totally different person, it's mm. so bizarre. Like, and people see it, um, which is nice because I've worked so hard. One, I could never go back to the life I was living before.
0: It doesn't serve me
1: now. Um, I went through so much in my transplant. Obviously, I mean, we all go through the physical parts of it. I got a little sick, but the emotional aspects of what I went through and the people that I went through it with left, left something in me. And it changed me. Really, really, really changed me. I don't take anything for granted. I live every single day to the best of my ability even if it's you know sitting around on my sofa and watching you know TV all day like binge watching something the entire Sunday I allow myself that with no guilt mm. and I do it with joy because I'm still going to make the best of that day even if that day means I want to lay on the sofa with my dog and I want to binge watch a show then I'm going to do it right um I don't guilt myself about it I don't um I just enjoy every day. I make the best of it. I have, you know, really sewed my social connections together. They're small. Like my circle got so much smaller after the transplant. I mean, I lost friends by choice. I weeded out the people that had no place in my world anymore. And I I reined in what was really special and kept them those relationships and nourished them just, you know, different person, different perspective on the world, different perspective on myself. And I like it a lot. Mm. I like I like that a lot, and I try to utilize that in my in my work as a coach. And also have spent, you know, became a coach right after HSCT. I mean, the month I came home, I enrolled in school. Yeah. So I knew that my life was going to change when I left the hospital. I knew in the hospital in those last days that what happened on that Sunday um, with Carol just it shifted my life. Forever. Sure. how? Do, yeah. How does it not? Um, and I knew that day and the days following that, as the emotions were trying to find a place in my mind, I was, I knew my life is never, ever going to be the same. I will never take like, Carol's death. It's, it's probably like if I, you know, past interviews or when I talked about it or that first one, Carol wasn't my best friend. Mm. We met on this journey, right? We met on the journey leading up to it, just like we all connect in Facebook groups. And then you start talking to your people and you start texting and talking on the phone and kind of connecting. And that's what happened. We built up this friendship, Brandy, Carol, and I over the course of leading up to our transplants. And it was just such a fluke that we all ended up There, especially for me, because they were two—they were a day apart, and I was the week behind them. And it was just a fluke that I ended up with with them. Mm -hmm. And but my heart—I think what we all felt for each other and the friendship we made was a lifetime thing. It was we connected in, in such a deep way. And so when when it all happened, I knew that life would never be the same. I knew that I would never look at things the same. And I knew that that what happened with her that I had to then continue living my life and move forward, living my life, honoring her Mm, and that I was going to live the very best life that I could because I know that's what she went into this with for herself. Mm, Right. Was the, was that I'm doing this because it's my only option that I feel like that's going to help me. And I want to live my best life for, for my husband and for my daughter and for my sister and for my family. And I took that with me when I left Chicago. And I said, you will go forward now and honor her by living the best life that I can. Mm. Um, Such you know, I, I, I feel so lucky to, you know, come into my living room and see my tiara. We all had our bunnies and tiaras. And so I get to look at my, my framed tiara, which was given to me. Um, you know, we all had them. And my mom took it from me a while back and had it framed, matted and framed. So I get to look at my tiara every day and know that I am still honoring her constantly. And I and that tiara reminds me of my fight. It reminds me of who I'm fighting for. And it you know, and, and of course Brandy and I still, you know, are like sisters. I mean we talk constantly. So
0: that's such a beautiful intention.
1: hmm And very important
0: one for me. Oh, my gosh. She definitely made an impression on me. And I was weeks behind you all. And yes, still just that brief connection, right? Mm -hmm. She was Mm -hmm. an inspiration even leading up to HSCT. And so, yeah, certainly this podcast and the nonprofit, in my mind, are continuing her legacy in a way, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. her spirit and advocacy, at least it's something I carry into the work every day. Yes.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think that's, you know, special. I think that everybody who has gone through this process, I hope, is living their best life, whatever that life is, I hope that they are taking advantage of everything that they can do. Yeah, well, it's important. Yeah. And we only get one, we only get one chance. And going through HSCT is almost a second chance. It's Mm. like, it's like they're giving us a second chance to do better and to try harder. And I wasn't going to waste a single second of it. So I know how, I know how fortunate I am. I don't ever take that for granted. Mm, Beautiful. And so I'm going forward, you know, in my coaching and working on it and, you know, in these, in this time period that I've been a coach kind of gone in all different directions of, you know, what kind of coach do I want to be? Who is the person I want to coach the most? And it, it, it shifted over the last year into where I see myself doing my best work. I love being connected to the medical world and just living, you know, surrounded by wellness. It really, truly is my passion.
0: Well, and better to learn and grow and stay fluid well, and adaptable, absolutely. right? Rather than stagnant. Absolutely. mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So tell I us about to, your new gig. Always.
1: I'm working for a medical practice called Real Health MD. Um, I, work, I was connected, actually, through a mutual friend, connected myself and um, my doctor, my doctor boss, <laughs> Dr. Jen Simmons. And she was a breast cancer surgeon, surgical oncologist for 17 years, walked away from surgery when she went through her own medical crisis and healed herself through functional medicine Mm. and dove into the studies of functional medicine and now has opened a functional medicine practice. Wonderful. And that's what she's doing. And we were connected together. And now I work in her practice and work as a coach for her patients. And also we have separate, you know, coaching packages also, but I definitely am part of the package that she works on. Wonderful. So, mm -hmm. So it's very nice because I get to work with all kinds of different, um, levels of wellness and illness. And so it's just interesting. I'm learning so much. Um, and I was connected and have met an amazing clinical nutritionist who happens to, um, own a Debbie owns uh, a health food store in our, in my area called Arrowroot pharmacy, pharmacy with an F. Um, she has a vegan cafe and, and she bought it from the prior owners who had it for many, 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 many years. And she turned it, she like redesigned it, turned it into this like old school apothecary. And it's just so beautiful and cool. You know, I'm learning so much from her too. So I just feel like I'm surrounded by, you know, stuff that just lights me up inside and makes me feel so alive.
0: Mm. Well, that's so amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you think like without the transformation of HSCT, your life... Ha- would be so different?
1: Yes, totally different. I mean, when I started the process of, you know, finding out about HSCT and just my health alone, I mean, I was losing my faculties. Mm. I had lost speech. I was choking all the time. I was having trouble catching a deep breath. Um, I was numb from the neck down. I was starting to to fall a little bit and trip. And um, I had lost use of my right arm, which is my dominant. And even though it came back and I worked on it and I did physical therapy, I had permanent numbness and loss of, of feeling in one of my fingers that was dominant. So my writing was difficult and I couldn't, the interesting thing that I thought was weird was I could only write with a like a fat pen mm-hmm. because holding like a skinny pen, like a Bic or something, I didn't have the dexterity anymore to do that. So my, that really affected you know, because it was my dominant hand that was effective. Sure. Um, and my cognition was just, I could sit, you know, in a room full of people and, and it, it was like, I could see all their mouths moving, but it was almost as if I couldn't hear what they were saying. Mm. I, I couldn't understand it. I, I had trouble getting my words out. The cognition piece was a big one because I just felt like I was lost in all my situations. Right. Um, and I, listen, you know, when there's invisible symptoms, as you know, you can cover up certain things to a degree, Mm. but I was starting to feel like I couldn't hide much anymore. I, the cognition piece was like, it was hard to hold conversations because I got lost in the conversations when someone else was talking to me. And then I would forget my words a lot, or I would say the wrong words or, and it, it left, it left me feeling extremely self-conscious in those situations, of course, um, and my digestion was just so destroyed. Uh, it was hard to eat anything. I was in horrific pain every day for 11 years. Anything that I ate would make me sick. And there was absolutely nothing that they could do. I had been everywhere. I had had, had, had every GI test and scans and it was neurological. So, you know, it, the scopes and all that didn't show any damage. It didn't show because it wasn't damage in my esophagus. No. It was faulty nerves.
0: Your brain playing tricks on you.
1: So I would not be where I am or who I am today had I not gone through HSCT. It changed my life forever, Mm. ever.
0: So can we even name that superpower or transformation? Or is it truly just that change in perspective and change in outlook? I,
1: I really think it's that, Jen. I think it's the change in perspective. I think what transpired in that hospital room at Northwestern for me was perspective on life. It was, you aren't this person anymore. Like you you can never go back to that life because now I don't even know how to live that life. Right. And I don't know how to live this life that's coming. So I'm here in Limbo and I'm going to figure it out. I'm beginning figure it out. Yeah. So but hard. I definitely wasn't going backwards. I was never looking back again. And so it was, yes, yes, the moment. It was learning to be present. And I am. I don't think I was ever present before. And I love it. I love the fact that I can be present and enjoy every moment that comes along mm. and really appreciate it. I appreciate the people that have come into my life. And I appreciate the people that have gone out of my life. I hold no animosity for anybody. Situations change. People can handle certain things and some people can't handle certain things. And, you know, sometimes, you know, we all know that when people transform into a worse version of themselves, it's easy to, to let go. But when someone's transforming to a better version and a, and a healthier version, sometimes that's not easy for other people to handle. Right. And I found that out. And I'm okay with all of it. It's just, it's so
0: interesting, right? Like how can more people find that shift in perspective so that more people can be inspired
1: to you know what be sounds
0: best version?
1: Well, I think, Jen, it starts with choice. Mm. It starts with choice because that's the number one thing we all get is we get to choose how we want to live our lives. I'm sure there's people out there that would hear this and say, well, I don't get to choose that I don't have money to live or I don't get to choose that I can't go here or do this or do that. Sometimes, like I said, there are things that are out of our control. We can never control those things. That's, that's the universe. But what you can control is how you choose to react to situations, how you choose to look at a situation, how you choose to talk to yourself, how you choose to talk to your children or to anybody. You get to choose that for yourself. So when I moved into where I am now, My sister gave me this awesome picture that hangs above my bed. And it's like this big wood, giant wood picture. And it's just written in big white bold, choose happiness. Mm. And I put it above my bed because every day that I wake up, I want to, I look up and see that. And I get to choose happiness every day. Listen, there are times when I, I'm not happy. You know, there are moments in the day when I don't feel happy, but Jen, I'm happy every day Mm. of my life because I'm making the choice to do it. I choose to live my best life going forward. I made that promise before I even left the hospital. I made it to a friend and I made it to myself. And that's it. You know, it, it all starts with that. Make a choice. How do you want to go forward? You want to choose to be positive or negative. Do you want to see the light or the dark?
0: It can be so tough sometimes, right? Especially when Absolutely. that disease is taking over or when you're sick with the flu or shingles, it's easy to yeah. let those dark messages ruminate. But of course it is. Challenging yourself to shift that perspective. Yep. Oh, it's so important.
1: And I know it's hard for people. I know there's people that struggle with anxiety and depression and, and all kinds of situations that I would never claim to know of or speak of. Depression I can because I have had that in the past. And I fought medication forever. And I will not stay on medication for the rest of my life. That's a choice I'm making because I am working on my own cognition and I'm working on my own inner self to make sure that I can handle those as they come up, those situations that cause that depression. But for now, I am on medication and it's allowed me to accept different situations inside my brain that I couldn't. And so I'm off for that. Being, being something that has helped. So well, I think that there's, you know, situations like that.
0: Well, I think you're also supporting your body to be well at the yes. cellular level by supporting it with those healthy foods that nourish your body, right? And promote wellness. Yeah. So even supplementing with the mushrooms on a daily basis or an hourly basis when you start feeling sick, right? Like you're supporting your body and your system. Yes, yes. To maintain those positive messages that you're mm-hmm. continually reminding yourself of.
1: Right. And like in the past, years in the past, I would have stayed in that dark depression and I would have just tried to fight it because I was fighting the medication. But now where I am in this place of life, I say, okay, I got to a point where I, I didn't want to stay in the dark, but I didn't know how to get out of it by myself. And even though I was going to therapy and talking to people, my brain kind of couldn't take in what they were saying and accept it. So I made the choice to go on the medication and allow my brain to heal a little bit and come out of that dark so that I could then take in that cognitive therapy and listen to it in a better way. And that's exactly what happened. And then I could work on teaching myself techniques and messages that I tell myself. Sure, but sometimes. And I can do that being on the medication. Yeah. That was part of my healing.
0: You still need that support of Mm -hmm. the chemical balance. Yes. Yes. So if I were your client and I came to Mm -hmm. you and I said, I'm going to be pursuing HSCT in a couple months and I'm terrified, Mm -hmm. Uh, my diet's not right. And. My habits aren't the best. I still really like to drink my alcohol and Mm -hmm. enjoy some finer things in life that aren't always the best choice. So how do I start to shift my mindset and or my practices in order to support the most positive outcomes possible in HSCT?
1: Mm -hmm. So if you were my client, I would say to you, first and foremost, why are you doing HSCT? Hmm.
0: Why are you making that choice?
1: Yeah. Why are you choosing to put yourself through this? And then I would wait for that answer. And if they said, because I want to feel better and I want to stop my MS, you know, and then the conversation goes into a little bit deeper, which is, well, let's start now before you start the process. Are you able to make any of those shifts now? Do you feel like you are ready and capable? Because i have to meet someone where they are. You can only meet you where you are. And see and ask the right questions, which are, you know, are you ready for change? Do you want it bad enough? And if someone's going to go towards HSCT, I think that they want it bad enough Mm -hmm. to put themselves through it.
0: So if I were answering, I'd say I was at the point of desperation.
1: mm -hmm. So let's make those changes that are less desperate and easier. And let's prepare the body and the mind to go through this process so that you're ready on the back end to live your best life possible. Yeah. Well, and promote that healing and recovery. So, um, you know, Dr. Burt and Carrie and the nurse practitioners and the nurses, they all said that the way I had been living my life right before HSCT, what I had done to condition myself was definitely going to help my recovery so much. And it did. It did didn't have a tremendous roller coaster that people had. I really didn't. I was just continually improving. And I I worked really hard at it, Jen. And I believe that, yes, I did all the food stuff, but my mindfulness and the messages that I worked so hard on changing allowed my body, you know, my brain was finally getting to a place where it could say, okay, we hear you. You are doing great. You are strong. You are an amazing person because this is what I constantly had to tell myself and change the message. And no matter what physical symptom was happening or what, you know, was, w- what little roller coaster I had, it was, okay, it's fine. There's no fear. This is just part of recovery. And I am on the path to, to greatness. So let's keep going. And my, my mind told my body and my body responded. And I believe that. That's just something I really, really believe. It's such an important
0: practice. Yep. Thank you for all of that inspiration. You're welcome. I mean, there's so, there's so many important reminders in every conversation we have.
1: I know. You got to just make choices for ourselves, Jen. And if it was the last message I left today, it was choose you, Mm. choose you. You're the one that has the answers. You just have to dig them out. Nobody else can give you that. That's like looking for happiness in another person. Right. Or many, You're never going to find it. Or You're going to chase it for the rest yeah. of your life. Ego you is a fun first. thing, right? Yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, and that, like, yeah, you do have to love yourself first. But ego also has a role in that love and that messaging. And, ego wants to be distracted by feeling good about itself, maybe in some ways that aren't always healthy.
1: It's, it's true. I mean, the ego, it can do great things and it can do not such great things. So
0: well, I'm being okay with being at peace, right? And being right. Okay, like you said, I'm not guilty about resting nope. on a Sunday and enjoying time with my dog. I'm present in the moment and I'm happy and yeah. at peace.
1: Yes. I don't feel unproductive. Or times wasted and that's that's the key you know with people it's like you can't feel guilty for eating bad on a bad day like if you're trying to change your your lifestyle and you you mess it up don't think of it as a failure it's just a process of learning new things and you can't learn new things overnight I mean there's always a process of changing so You know, I don't, I don't think there's failure anywhere. I think it's just stepping stones to the next place.
0: Right. Finding that acceptance for, okay, Mm -hmm. that needed to happen. Mm -hmm. Maybe that doesn't need to happen again anytime soon, but it's okay that it did because it's a good reminder that I'm on the path.
1: And I think that all of the, those little things that we go through, they are reminders. There is always a reminder. The universe is always reminding us of things that we need to do better things that we shouldn't be doing. There's always a reminder, you know? So Yeah, we just pay need attention. Right. Pay attention. Pay attention. It's there.
0: So thank you for seeing it.
1: Yeah. I think I thank you for what you do. It's so great. Reaching so many people. Thank you. Good and,
0: work. Well, I appreciate hearing that. I really do. Um, because you That's never know true. who's listening.
1: Um it's true. you're reaching a lot of people with what you do.
0: I hope that people just hear that support for where they are on their path and their journey, right? I mean, we are all unique.
1: Absolutely. Um, and yeah. every story, there's lessons in there. And, right. you know, one person's story may not connect, but then another person's story may really connect. So it's just, I think, I think you're reaching and teaching a lot. It's
0: just such an honor to have this platform to share mm-hmm. your journey, right. And others journeys and that you're willing yes. to be vulnerable and share your story because it's not easy for everyone to go there. Um, right. And I just appreciate you taking the, taking the chance and noticing the importance of the
1: work. Thank you. Well, I am very grateful for it. So I'm grateful. for I, I'm you. glad that I could be, <laughs> thank you. I'm glad that I could be, you know, a voice in your, amazing projects. And, Mm. and, you know, I think these stories really help other people. I really hope so. Listen, they helped me when I was, when we were learning about the process of HLCT, being in those Facebook groups. And of course, we always said, you know, take the good and forget the bad. But I I learned so many tips. And I learned so many little things from people, from people's stories. So I was always appreciative of, of the share that they gave because it helped me learn so much. I guess it's my little piece of giving it back.
0: Indeed. Thanks for being here, Allie. Thank you so much. I'm glad you're
1: doing well, too. I love that.
0: Yeah, I wish I was doing better. And part of that is I wish I wouldn't get distracted by things that take me away from the path to healing, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it is paying attention to those stories in our minds that we make up. It is. And Mm -hmm.
1: prioritizing, you know, what are the things that you can do that matter the most? And and know that when the next day comes, you can look back at the day before and say, yeah, I got that done because that was on my top list and I needed to do it and I did it and I feel good about it. So now what's next? And making sure that the things that matter the most in life are at the very top of that list because everything else can wait. Even if we think it can't, it can. We have to we have to prioritize everything that matters and, and get things done so we don't look back later and have regret.
0: Right. And giving your space and the permission to prioritize. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So
1: important. Thank you, Jen. Oh,
0: my gosh. Your clients are so blessed to work with you. <laughs> Thank you. I am Thank confident
1: you. of that. Thank you very much. Yeah. I, I I, think that they feel good about the work and um, I'm so glad I get to be a part of, it, of their, their journeys. Yeah, so well, and thank you to everybody for out there in the world, knowing that I'm around. Mm-hmm. You can find me. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, thanks for sharing some insight of what it might mm-hmm. be like to work with you. Sure. Absolutely. If I, if I were local, I'd be eating with you in that cafe regularly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know that I know you would be. Uh, I said 2020 is going to be a great year for so many things. It's just something about the 2020. I don't know. It's just going to be a good year. It. I hope so I'm gonna go with that I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna hold on to the hope that we're all gonna do amazing things in 2020 we all deserve to right yes we do but it takes work so if you're willing to do the work then you are you know should get rewarded and are willing to
0: Congratulations on your work and your effort, because clearly it's coming through to positive things for you.
1: Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And I, uh, I I send it back. I mean, really, congratulations on what you are building. Spectacular work.
0: Well, thank you. It's good work to be a part of. Mm-hmm. You know, I've it got is. my full-time consultancy, if you will, with two new grant projects that will be, one's a five-year project and one's a three-year project. And so having that kind of long term stability, if you will, knowing that that's there, allows me more time to find creativity, and dedication of time to both the nonprofit and the podcast. Right? I mean, honestly, last year, I was at that point of like, is anybody listening? Does this really matter? Should we continue? Because it's not just my time, it's also Bill's time and your time, right? And I just do think it's so helpful for people there's a lot of uncertainty now with the new clinics coming up, right? People are wondering, where do I go? How do I get in? What's the protocol going to be like? And it'll be so different for folks to hear more right. from these new clinics, right? Like,
1: I know we went from having none to having so many.
0: Well, and Dr. Burt's protocol is so different. And so I think there's yes. a lot of value in continuing to capture the stories of people going through this mm-hmm. new protocol.
1: Yeah, it's a, It's so weird to think that the Chicago
0: program is no more. It is weird to think about it. So I try it's really to, weird. Yeah, I try not to think about it too much. I just yeah remind I myself agree with that. he's on sabbatical.
1: I just tell myself how lucky I am that I was with him because that's how I feel. Oh, yeah.
0: So, so lucky. Kudos yes. to
1: Dr. Burt. Kudos. Thank you for giving me this time and sharing with so many HSCT community people, and I appreciate your efforts for everything.
0: Oh, I appreciate I appreciate you. you. I appreciate <laughs> you and sharing your story. Thanks so much, Allie. It's always a joy to talk with you and open our seasons with you. Thank you so much. So take good so. care of yourself. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You no too. No more flu. No more shingles. No, I'm done. I've had enough.
1: That's <laughs> what I say, the universe. Enough!
0: <laughs> yes, your fair share. Yeah,
1: I'm good. And the best to you always. Oh, uh, thank you.
0: Be sure to visit HSCT Warriors where you can find notes from today's episode, submit ideas or feedback, and connect with resources in the HSCT Warriors Incorporated nonprofit. As always, special thanks to musical genius Billy Alitz-Sauser for sharing his superpowers to create the soundtrack, edit, and produce the audio to make this podcast possible. You can find us both when you subscribe on SoundCloud iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts. It's been so great to connect with warriors worldwide, and we would love to hear from you about how the podcast has helped your journey with autoimmune disease. Take a moment to connect with us on Instagram or share this episode with someone you know that would enjoy listening. In the meantime, we hope you'll tune in next Wednesday for another episode highlighting another HSCT warrior. Until then be a snowflake and embrace your superpowers be kind be well John Stansberry Koenig and the producers disclaim medical influence and responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained in the podcast. If you think you have a medical problem, please contact a licensed physician.